0: First Peter chapter number three. Uh, First Peter and chapter number three continue on in our series. Uh, Hope in a world of hopelessness. First Peter chapter number three. First Peter chapter number. Three. Verse number one. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning let it not be that of outward adorning of plaiting the hair or wearing of gold or putting on the of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Well, you say, mercy. Preacher, we've been here for a long, long time. Well, we're going to be here one 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 more message, one more message. And we're going to kind of focus on everything in a nutshell tonight with this thought. Love brings much hope. Love us, Love brings much hope. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I am so thankful that even though this world is in turmoil right now, that you're not. You're not wringing your hands, wondering what's going to happen or what to do. You are in complete control. And Lord, you know, you know what the outcome of all this is going to be. And so we are at a place where we just have to trust you. I mean, if we're going to have the peace that you promise, if if Lord, we are going to be able to rest in you, we're going to have to trust you. Um, Maybe like never before. And Father, I, I, I thank you that you want to meet with your people. And I thank you for everyone that's watching, even right now and listening. I I pray, dear God, that you would help us to be tuned in, tuned in to you and what you have for us tonight. I pray distractions would be to a minimal. I know it has to be hard viewing this from your living room, your home, wherever they might be viewing it. I know it has to be harder, but I pray that distractions would be a, to, kept to a minimal and that you would you would you would arrest our attention and you would help us with the message that you have for us tonight. Thank you for your goodness and grace to us. We pray for your power, Lord, that that you might use us to feed your people. Please, please. And we thank you for what you're gonna do, for we ask it all in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Ephesians chapter 3, if you'll find, uh, I said First Peter 3, if you'll find Ephesians chapter 5 for later, we'll all turn over there as we get on into the message. Ephesians chapter 5, and just mark it for later, we'll get on over there. We have been in this passage of Scripture for the past four weeks, this will be the fifth week, and, and we ought to be able to wrap it all up tonight. This is a biblical plan for marriage. It's a wonderful, wonderful plan too. And it is it is the biblical plan for marriage, but there's not near enough people that care about it. I don't mind saying that. There's not near enough people that care about it. Care about what, preacher? The biblical plan for marriage. Get tuned in right here. The biblical plan for marriage. There's just not a lot of people that care about it. Well, well, how come you say that? Well, if if there was, then there'd be... Much more concern about approaching marriage the way it should be approached, and then there'd be a lot more happiness in marriages. No, no. If if we really were concerned about the biblical plan for marriage, there would be a hmm, there would be a lot more concern about the way that we approach marriage, and certainly marriages would be much happier. You know who someone marries is 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 uh, uh, one of the most important decisions in a person's life, besides trusting Christ as their Savior. But think about how it usually comes about. I'm talking about marriage here. A man and a woman they meet, usually usually at a young age for the most part. And this man and this woman, they come from different homes, they have different temperaments, uh, different personalities. Um, on one side is someone who is distinctively female, and her line of thinking is female and and her needs also are female needs and on the other side is a distinctive uh, distinctively the other side is distinctively male and so he has male needs and male thoughts and then they have this wedding uh, uh, ceremony before God and many witnesses and in the ceremony they take vows together to uh Uh, 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 in uh, to until death do we part. Me and Miss Pam, we've always said, "Happily married or dead and buried." That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And so these two people are making this lifelong commitment to one another. It is supposed to be a lifelong commitment. Um. Forty years, fifty years, sixty years, some even seventy years, being married. I mean, they 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 they've 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 known one another. No, I'm talking about as they go into this, making this commitment, going into this covenant with God to be together for the rest of their life. They've known one another for the most part. In most cases, they've known one one another comparatively for a very short time, and they stand there at the wedding altar, and they promise to love each other until they die. And they're supposed to be happy together. Really the way it's supposed to be. No, according to what God has to say and how God has laid it out, they stand there and they make vows, they take vows to one another, they make these vows that they are going to love one another until they die, and they're supposed to be happy. Let me say this with just a little bit of caution. A long marriage in years doesn't necessarily mean success. Oh, what do you mean, preacher? Well, there's a lot of married people out there today who do not believe in, nor do they want to go through divorce. And so because of that, they have just determined to stay married, but at the very same time, they don't have a loving, nurturing relationship. No, 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 no. Instead, they are simply putting up with a bad situation, but when biblical principles are, pac- uh, are practiced by both parties, it could be a much different story. You no, know, I'm saying there are those out there that have just, I mean, they have they have the old time principles, and we don't believe in divorce, and we're not going to, and we're staying together, but it's not really a quote unquote successful marriage. They're just going through the motions. And when biblical principles are practiced, it could be no, no, by both sides. It has to be by both sides then it could be different than that. No, no, really, I I mean it. Hope and happiness really is available to those who truly want it. and, And they're willing to obey God's design and His plan for marriage. A believer is going to find it very, a believer is going to find it very, very challenging if they marry someone that does not want to live according to the Bible. It's going to be a hard time. It's going to be a long road it's going to be hard for them. It's going to be a real challenge, no doubt about it. And uh to an extent, this is where it gets pretty as some people look at it, this where this is where it gets kind of rough to an extent. Because truly, and and, and this is so foreign to our to our society really the man has the main responsibility. oh, it's really a truth. I mean, we're talking about god's God's way, god's principles the The man has the main responsibility. Well, why do you, would you even say that? I, we're not going to turn over there, but over in the book of Genesis in chapter number three and 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 i i I'm not written a lot, but in verse number sixteen, it says this. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow, this is God speaking, and and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now this is by God's design. I know it's not real popular in our society today, but it is by God's design. So we have to think about what happened in uh, Genesis chapter number three. I mean, very briefly here. We know that the, the serpent came, the old, the old serpent came, and he deceived Eve. Eve was deceived, and so she partook of the fruit uh, that she was not supposed to. God said, you can have anything in the garden, but don't touch that tree. That is my tree. And the old, the old serpent came along, the old devil came along, and deceived Eve. And, 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 and she partook of the fruit, <clears throat> took it to Adam. Adam was not deceived, he just decided that he wanted to be with Eve more than he wanted to do what was right, and so he partook of the fruit. And when he did that, sin entered into our world. And so God, at that time, pronounced this curse on everything and everyone that's involved in that sin. He cursed the snake, he cursed the man, he cursed the woman, he even cursed the ground at that time. He cursed the the world at that time. So we have to take, we do have to take... A um, uh, notice of what God said in regard to the woman. She, he said in Genesis chapter 3 verse 16 that she will have pain and sorrow in childbearing. And certainly, mercy's sakes, I was there to see both our children born. And there is a lot of pain goes on during that time, no doubt about it. Um, the joy after is, is is worth it all. But there is that pain, as God said there would be. And then he said that her desire, this is God now, he said that her desire would be to her husband and that he shall rule over her. That's not real popular in our society either. But it is the way that God laid it out. Now, come on, stay with me here. Don't check out on me now. Stay with me here. we got to think about this it seems that before the fall of, of the human race that there was no thought of one, one person ruling over the other or, or of anybody being in an authority besides God. God was the one that was in authority before the fall of man because there was no need for it. Because God was in control and God, they were just listening to God doing what God would say. But because sin entered into the world, God, God did. He said to the woman, thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. Now here's where it gets hard again. No, no, no. Here's where it gets hard. And there is argument over this. There's argument over this. But God put a desire in a woman for her husband to be her authority for the husband to be her head, for the husband to be the leader. No, God did that. He put that desire in woman for her husband to be the authority. Now, I know that the feminist movement would like to contradict this, and those self-willed women who are not going to let anyone tell them what to do would like to contradict this. And I know that rebellious woman who thinks she's got a better plan than God would love to contradict this, but none can because God is the one that said it. Case closed. End of story. Somebody say amen right there. I guarantee it's right. There is a desire, whether it shows up, listen to me please, whether it shows up on the outside or not, there is a desire even in a child for their parents to be an authority and to have control over them. God placed that desire in a child. No, no, it, it is in there. You may never ever hear that come from a child's mouth, but it is so. Oh, why would you, why, why would they even want that, preacher? Why would a child even want that? Because it makes them feel secure and it assures them of love. No, no, no. When 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 biblical authority practiced in the right way with the child is there, it, it, it makes them feel secure and it assures them of love. Real love. When it's practiced in the right way. And that's the way that God made them. No, no, I know that I know, oh, no, I don't really have time to get into all that. So and and whether whether a wife wants to admit it or not. She does have a desire for her husband to be the leader. She does have a desire for the, uh, 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 her husband to be a man and to lead their home. She has that desire. Why? Because that's the way that God made it to be. God made it to be that way. Well, pastor, can I ask you a question? Well, I, if you hurry, because, I mean, we're trying to get this thing rolling. Well, let me see. What about these same-sex marriages? Well, let me just put it it very bluntly and very real, real. it's unnatural. No, it's unnatural. I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to be harsh. No, no, I can see it, I can show you right in the Bible. It is unnatural. People that pursue that lifestyle have to deny everything that God has to say about their choice. And no matter how they may try to justify that, God abhors the sin. Come on, don't get mad at me, God abhors the sin. He loves a he loves sinner. He wants them to be saved like everybody else. He wants them to follow him like everybody else. But that is not in God's plan. It is not natural. It's not natural that that would take place. God's plan for a marriage is one man and one woman for life. That's his plan. That's, that's, that was his plan. And so if it's unnatural, no, no, if that is so about same-sex marriages, and it is, what about a traditional marriage in which the husband is not the head of the home? What about in a traditional marriage where, where he avoids authority, where he does not assume his God-given authority role, and he ignores, he ignores the spiritual responsibility that God has placed upon him? What about it then? What about it then? I mean, wouldn't the natural conclusion be that in such a case, looking at it from God's point of view, that it is also unnatural? That things are out of order? That it's not the way it's supposed to be? No, I'm not talking about God abhorring something, but it is very unnatural, isn't it? Come on, it's not what God intended for it to be. That that there needs to be some repairs in such a relationship. It's only right that, that, that it that it is not going to work as well as, if it, as, as it would if God's plan was being followed. Uh, no, it won't. Because God set things this way. And, and then again, there are a lot of marriages today that do not have... Do not have the uh, marriage experience, if I can put it that way, that God wants them to have. Um, husband and wife are simply tolerating one another and they have determined to do so until they die because the man does not rule over the house. They don't have a marriage the way that God intended for it to be because the man has not taken uh, uh, has not uh, uh, taken his God given role and practiced it the way that God has wanted him to practice it. So there's problems. And here is the problem: if he's not ruling the house, if he is not ruling the home, pretty soon, um, pretty soon. His wife will be, or his kids will be, um, running the home. And then trouble brews. Trouble brews because of the resentment that follows. There's a resentment that comes when the husband doesn't fulfill his role. A resentment from his wife. A resentment from his children that he's not showing them stay with me here that he is not showing them that god given love that he should by taking responsibility of the god given role and so men i want you to get this i want you to get this don't 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 turn me off i want you to get this you can love your wives into what god wants them to be turn over to Ephesians chapter 5 we're rolling along good. Stay with me. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. <clears throat> Look at verse number 25. oh, let's start in verse number 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be be, uh, to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ in the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, there's a wealth of truth right there. And certainly I don't have I don't have time to preach that whole passage of scripture and I'm not going to do it tonight but there is a wealth of truth right there. Well, let's bring it out to the main in a nutshell. Marriages here on this earth are to be an earthly picture of heavenly love. No, no, no. What, when it says that a husband is to love his wife like Christ loves the church, it means that a man's love for his wife should portray here on this earth Jesus' love for his bride the church. No, it really means that. Okay, I'll say it again. That a a husband's love for his wife should portray Jesus' love for his bride, which is the church. And that the wife's submission to her husband, listen to me now, ladies, and the wife's submission to her husband is to be a demonstration of, of the church's submission to Jesus Christ. Because we as a church are to be in in submission to Jesus Christ, aren't we? Somebody say amen right there. Absolutely so. We are to be in submission to him. We are not only to hear his word, we're to obey his word and follow him, follow his instruction. We're to be that way. But we need to check out Jesus' love for his bride. Again, verse number 25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, we know this. We know this. Jesus loves his bride, and he is working with her. Stay with me. Stay awake. He is working with her that he might present her to himself, as we see in verse 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So get this, get this, no, no, okay, let me back up just a little bit. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loves the church. So he is the one bringing her, the church, to that place that he will present her to himself in that condition. In what condition? Are you not following along? Here, right there, in, in, in verse number 27, that uh, 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 that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy, H-O-L-Y, and without blemish. So he's working with a church that he might present her to himself in that condition. And what I'm telling you tonight is that, that husbands, what I'm telling you tonight is that you loving your wife Correctly, correctly, may end up doing the same thing. You loving your wife like Christ loves the church. Why well, love that little lady? <laughs> Why well, die for her just like Christ died for the church? Well, I mean, Any man worth his salt ought to be willing to die for his wife. But that's not what it's talking about there. It's not talking about you carrying that around like a badge of courage that you would die for the little lady. That's not what it's talking about. There's so much more than that. Loving her like Christ loves the church. Christ gives the church time and attention. Christ gives the church words and he's willing to listen to her. And on and on the list could go. There's so much more. And if we are to love our wives like Christ loves the church, and we are, it's a command to us to love them in that way. If we're to love them like Christ loves the church, then we are going to be doing these things for them. I just don't know why my wife won't straighten up. Maybe it's because you're not handling it the right way. I just don't know why my wife is the way that she is. Maybe it's because it's the way you are. Maybe. Maybe. See, your wife's not going to end up being what God would have her to be when you're trying to be a taskmaster or just trying to be a slave driver. Woman, won't you do what I tell you to do? That's, I'm telling you, it's not going to work out real well. It's not. And at the very same time, she'll not end up being what God wants her to be by you being some type of passive, limp-wristed, do-nothing that a, that, that, and, and not putting out any effort to really know her care about her, to show love to her. Not going to work that way either. No, no, I'm saying it's not going to do any good just to ignore her and let her do whatever she wants to, whatever, anytime. No, 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 no. That's not the way Christ loves the church. Christ loves the church enough where he is doing his best to keep her headed in the right direction, that he's there for her. that that, that he lovingly guards her and directs her, gives her direction, godly direction. And she's not going to get there by you being some super-duper overachiever who makes it big in the business world. No, 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 no. I mean, being some some huge career builder, I tell you what, I have worked so hard countless hours, and I know I ain't home much, but I'm telling you, I'm making the money, I'm bringing home the bacon, heck, I'm bringing home the whole pig, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm doing this for her, but you're ignoring her in the process? You're not helping her. No. And she's not going to be that way because you're an overachiever in sports. And you know every, every name of everybody and every statistic and all this different stuff, but you don't know what her favorite color is or her favorite flower is or whatever case may be. And she's not going to be there. I'll just go ahead and throw this one in. She's not going to get there either by you being the king of video games. Sitting on that couch with that controller and just playing video games for hours and hours and hours and hours. Honey, you can't believe how many of these people I killed. She don't care. Even if she tries to act like she cares. She don't care. No. No, you're doing all these different things, but you're ignoring the best gift that God ever gave you besides your salvation, that wonderful bride. A wife is going to become what God would have her to be when she is truly loved by her husband. When she's loved by her husband like Christ loves the church. No, 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 listen to me. No, no, you are to love her like Christ loves the church. Listen to me. Like Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. Gave himself. Have you really loved your wife in that way? Do, do you give yourself, listen to me please, do you give yourself wholly to your wife? Holy, wholly, W H O L L Y, all of it. Do you give yourself to your wife? Does she have your attention? Does she have your heart? Or do you just expect her to solemnly follow along behind you? You're to love her. You're to love her. Come on, verse number 29. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nurseth and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. Verse 28, so men ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Some of you care a lot more about yourself than you do your wife. And you're never going to be able to help her to get to where God would have her to be that way. It's not going to work. You're to cherish her. To cherish her. That means appreciate her and relish her and value her. And you are to nourish her to to nurture to to feed to to develop your wife no no i'll back it up this sir is your responsibility it is your god given responsibility to love your wife that way And if you're, no, 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 listen to me, please. If you're not doing that, you're failing miserably in an area of your life that is going to affect every other area of your life. It's going to affect your children's lives also. You do understand that, right? According to First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, you're to know her and you're to honor her, your wife. Now let me ask you, how are you doing in that area? Now I want you to think about it. How are you doing in that area? And then, ladies, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 that we've been through in the past few weeks, according to the Bible, if your husband obeys not the Word of God, then God gives you recourse. Oh, what do you mean, preacher? Well, if you don't remember, it, it kind of goes like this. No, in a nutshell, it kind of goes like this. It, no, I'm not talking about nagging and manipulating no, 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 that's not the recourse that God gives. I'll just stay on him until he and I'll manipulate him and I'll just nag at him and I'll stay after him. No, 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 that's no no that's not the recourse that God gives you. But turning him over to God and having that meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great price, that's the recourse. Well I tell you what, that won't satisfy my flesh. I know. To do a lot, it will do a lot more than you can do. Because you can't change Him. And all the manip- manipulating and nagging that you do, you might get your way for a little while, stay with me, I'm, I'm right It done. You might get your way for a little while, here and there, as long as you continue to nag and manipulate, get your way here, get your way there, all those different things. But I'm telling you, to have the marriage and the home that God Once out of all of this, you'll not get it that way. No. That meek and quiet spirit. So wives, how are you doing in that area? See, love, love, when practiced as God means for it to be, brings much hope in a marriage and a home. Much hope. Hope in a world of hopelessness. Love when practiced the way that God intended for it to be practiced. It brings much hope to a marriage, to a home, to a family. So husband, submit yourself to God and love your wife like Christ loves the church. And wife, wife, Submit yourself to your husband. And trust God to do what you cannot do. God's way is the best way. Well, preacher, I just don't see how that could ever work. That's why we have to trust God and handle things the way He would have us to handle things. For certain. I'm going to have the piano play here for just a couple of minutes. Again, we'll not take a long time at this. But maybe God has spoken to your heart tonight. And it's only right that we would take a time to turn aside there, at your chair, your, at your coffee table, your couch, wherever you might be listening. Just to bow ahead and talk to God about this in areas where you might be failing, areas where God has spoken to your heart. Asking God to help you repenting of things you know that need to be changed and asking God to help you. Husbands, wives, even young people. Asking God to help you to be what you should be. Yielding to God and letting Him have His way in your life. I'm going to have the piano play for a couple minutes. Not a long time. But it'll give you a chance like it would here if we were here to make an altar and spend some time talking to God. Just a minute or so. But don't let this time pass by. No, no, no. No no matter how how weird it may feel to do that at home during altar call. It's all about Him. Even though we're all not all, all together in this room, it is all about Him. What He wants. What He would have you to do. Just take a moment. Let God have His way.